what's up guys? Thanks for coming back to another episode of Talks with Aaron BS. Um, my guest today is actually from Ottawa, Ontario, but he is currently in Australia somewhere. I don't know where yet, but I know he's in Australia and we've been trying to do this podcast for like two weeks now, but because of the time change and other factors, we just haven't had the chance to do it yet. But today's the day. I feel it. I'm even making this intro because I know we're going to go through with it. Um, We're actually doing the podcast over like Facebook call because obviously we don't have free calling to other continents. So um, bear with us. Hopefully the quality is just as good as like a regular phone call, but who knows? Um, I'm really excited for this because I have a lot of questions to ask, like... How many spiders are there there? And how big are they? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so let's give Sterling Bennett a call and let's see what he's up to. Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? Pretty great, thank you. Uh, it's a hot day, but good. How about everything with you? Good. We literally just got like maybe a couple inches of snow here so it's like really okay. slushy and wet it's disgusting <laughs> oh it's that kind of snow eh? it's not like the good powdery snow it's the mushy kind yeah yeah oh. and, and is it the first snowfall so does everyone not know how to drive again or is it <laughs> like the second or third so people are back um i mean like calgary's weird okay i've only been here for like three months so okay we've had snow and then three days later it's completely melted it's like plus 20 and then two weeks later we'll have another like two feet of snow and then the same thing will happen so this is like the fifth time that this has happened at this point (laughs) wow that's okay but no and everyone forgets how to drive in those like weeks in between oh yes every time i go on facebook (laughs) there's always a new car accident somewhere (laughs) (laughs) where were you before uh calgary um i'm from timmins ontario so is that how you know jose yeah 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 we're from we went to the same high school together and everything like we've been like childhood best friends our whole life so that's so cool yeah Yeah, she's a badass (laughs) uh you're from the ottawa region right yeah, uh, I was originally, like, I was born in Burlington, uh, which is just outside of Toronto, but then I went to Ottawa, like, seven years ago for school and stayed. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I put in the yeah. intro that you were from Ottawa, because that's what I thought, but, okay, yeah. No, I mean, that's technically right, that's technically right. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> when did you move to Australia? Uh, so, that's sort of a tricky question, because I, mo- I left Canada couple days before my birthday last year in november uh i left canada november 19th i landed in thailand november 21st and i did thailand for a month i did laos for a couple weeks vietnam for a month and then bali for a couple weeks and then i landed in australia in february so i've been in oz uh for yeah since february damn what the hell i'm so yeah. jealous <laughs> uh i'm yeah i got it was uh, I got laid off from my job in September and it was like the biggest blessing in disguise because I just took the severance and I booked a one way to Thailand and here I am now. So, Oh my god. And you, you're working in Australia now? Yeah, I have the working holiday visa so I, I have full working rights as any Australian and then uh, yeah, I just have to do certain like regional days to get like my second and third year type of thing. Oh my god. So where where are you in Australia ish? Okay, so I'm in um, the Queensland state, which is like the California, um, and so it's like always summer here. It's where the mainly the fires go, um, and it's a place called Jimna. It's a town of ninety people, and right now I'm just tree planting out here. So oh my god, nowhere, but um, still Australia, right? So the beach isn't too far away. So are you doing a lot of surfing? 
Um, I haven't surfed once yet, which is really? I know, really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm scared of the ocean to be totally honest. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a very scary thing. It's not about sharks or anything like that. I, I actually think it'd be kind of cool to see a shark, but it's more or less just like me not being fully confident in my swimming abilities to be in the ocean if I fall off my board. True, true. And isn't there like yeah. this thing where? 80% of the ocean hasn't been, like, discovered yet. That's so, like, freaky if you think of it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing, right? Like, the ocean's so unknown and just so powerful. Like, you can get drift off, and then you're in that, like, the 80%, and, like, no one will find you. And, yeah, <laughs> so that's definitely not something I want. Because I see, like, I felt the currents, like, just, like, swimming on a beach, like, near, like, a, like, a, like, area, and how fast I got pulled out to where I was, like, I couldn't touch the bottom anymore, and I'm like, oh, shit, and that's just when I'm swimming off the beach, so I couldn't imagine getting pulled out even farther out to sea, no, thank you for that. <laughs> so... But I definitely need to surf before I leave, that, that's, that, I know that's fact. <laughs> how long are you there for? Um... That's a great question. Like, COVID is a, a big um, factor in all that. Like, originally, I was hoping to be back in Canada in June for, like, a visit and then would have come back out. But obviously, like, that that wasn't a uh, possibility. So maybe next June um, would be a time I would turn back to Canada if I'm able to leave again. Um, but, yeah, COVID's a huge thing. So we'll see how this vaccine rollout goes and everything. Yeah, um, I seen a TikTok. I think it was, like, two days ago about how there's no covid cases in australia right now is that true or like barely any cases australia there's barely any cases there's no more daily like there's no more communities spreads it's like i am absolutely blessed to end like ending up in a country like this that they handle it like at the beginning they weren't doing so good but um they really got like figured it out and yeah like you said there's like no cases uh, there's no more like barely any restrictions like you can go back dancing again you're allowed inter like mingling at clubs like still social distancing and if you travel you have to wear a mask etc but yeah you're able to go to sporting matches again you're able to go to bars and you're able to like I'm, I'm really grateful to be here and yet here in Alberta we're literally going into a lockdown on Sunday where you're not allowed um indoor gatherings outside gatherings or going to like bars restaurants anything yeah. everything is shutting down here for the second time so it's like no oh, and, that's nice. and there was a second lockdown here so i like you guys I, I always felt like canada was just a few months behind australia except for i'll admit now like we've been pretty good for a couple months minus melbourne they had one big breakout and we like they got shut down again but yeah i'm, I'm kind of interested in canada i think it's just there's so many people and Canada who are sort of like um, I want maybe corrupt is the right word but corrupted by the states um, in terms of like their whole like anti-mask and like losing the rights like all those like Trump support type thing where <laughs> yeah. they're not listening to the restrictions and because of that it's they're not really working um, whereas in Australia it seemed like everyone just bought into it they were cool with the restrictions they just put their head down and did it and now we're all able to just enjoy life again um, and so that's we're reaping the benefits of that but like at least from like I'm not in Canada, so I can't really see it. But from Facebook and all that, I've seen so many protests. I've been seeing so many of this, and just because of that shows like they're not really caring or listening to the rules. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, literally last week in Calgary, we had two anti-mask protests, and it's like, oh my god, how dumb can you be? <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't get how people thinking wearing mask is like losing your rights. It's just like, and, and it's just. Like, I'll admit, I, I'm pretty confident that if I got COVID, I would um, be fine. Like, I feel yeah. like I would beat it as a, a young person with a good immune system. But I understand, like, it's not just about me. It's about those high-risk people. So until the vaccines fully be able to be rolled out for those high-risk, like, just wear a mask. And, it's, like, it does help stop the spread. And just, I I don't get it. It's just, it's kind of silly. Um <laughs> I think it's just people who, like, don't trust the government already are just using this as, like, a, a gateway to get their conspiracies out there and gateway to try to, like, get more people into their, their cults and stuff, you know? Yeah, totally <laughs> agree. <laughs> but hopefully it gets worked out with this vaccine being rolled out. Hopefully um, we can get everything back to normal, and, and we'll see how things go. Yeah, hopefully by next summer everything's normal because I'm applying to, like, a job in Europe. So it would cool. be very nice if COVID was done and over with by then. <laughs>
Yeah, but I think even if uh, it's not, like, you would be able to get exempt from that because that would be a valid reason for travel anyways because you can still travel, um, especially depending on where you are in Europe. Like, I had, like my friend went to Mexico from Canada, like, two weeks ago, so he was able to fly out. Um, he just has a quarantine when he gets back. But I think for business, you should probably be able to prove why and get into any country. Cool. Well, yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Fingers crossed that works out, though. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if you're not doing surfing, like what are, what pastimes are you doing? Okay, um, well, uh, tree planting takes up most of your life because, and like like I said, I'm in a town of 91, um, so there's really not <laughs> much we do. So it's more or less we just honestly we drink at the camp or um, we go out to swimming holes, uh, picnic stuff like that. It's just mainly bonding with your crew because. Yeah, we're, like right now we're all camped out beside each other and we're just, we tree plant from 4 a.m. to about 3 p.m. and then you basically hang out for a couple hours and pass out um, because it's four days on, one day off. But for me, what I'm working on is I'm just working on like my podcast and uh, my like trying to like build content up and build um, like speeches up and stuff for when I leave, I can uh, really follow through with what my career goal is and what I'm doing that. So that's really what I'm trying to focus on other than just like drinking with my crewmates. <laughs> um, what is your podcast about? Uh, so uh, it's about like my purpose is mental health and sh- uh, sh- getting people to share their stories to find helping find people silver linings in that and lessons in their stories and experiences because I don't think you have to live through an experience to learn from an experience. Um, and also I just think mental health is such an important thing to speak about. Like that's what my career is like on the past from like even before I got let go from that nine to five on the side, I also was getting paid to go into organizations and talk about mental health in the workplace. And I went to schools and such. Um, so that's my goal for my life is to end up being a full-time speaker. Uh, so my podcast is sort of just going to be like something to add to my portfolio to when I pitch to companies and stuff like that. Um, but also a platform, sort of like your podcast, right? Just hearing people's stories and seeing where things go. And hopefully people are able to find lessons or something interesting um, from people's stories, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So why, like, are you so interested in mental health? Do you, like, um, suffer from from any illnesses? Or are you just genuinely, like, interested in it? Uh, it's a mixture of both. Like, um, I... I think now I'm probably the best place I've been mentally for the last decade. Um, obviously, I feel like depression is sort of like a lifelong illness because uh, there's always things that can trigger you. And you're when you have it, like I had serious depression, and I'll get into that in a quick second. But I feel like when you ever have a serious depression, you always have like become sort of either self-loathing in a way, or you start getting like these negative mindsets that always find a way to rear their heads again. Um, but why I'm super passionate was like, I lost my mother who was my only parent when I was 17. And like that just sent me into a really deep spiral where I just dropped out of high school. I did a bunch of drugs. I tried to commit suicide multiple times. I was just in a really deep, dark place for three years where I ballooned up to a ridiculous weight. I was just hating life and a social worker saved me. She helped me love myself again and she helped me get help and move forward, go through therapy. And then I went to school for psychology to start understanding the brain. Couldn't afford it, dropped out. And then the social worker again, when I fell into a dark place, said like, hey, you don't need to go to university to have impact in that world. And that's where she led me to speaking. Um, So yeah, it was just from experiencing how dark holes can get and how dark life can get and being able to be saved so if i can help anyone even just one person with every talk i do if even just one person with every episode of the podcast i do then i i feel good about that because i don't want anyone to go through the hell that i had to be through when so many people every day suffer in silence right yeah oh my god that's so amazing i'm so happy for you that you're doing this and um i'm sure you're gonna help so many people if any of the listeners right now want to hear your podcast where can they find it uh, so my podcast is called The Silver Linings Pod, all one word, and just like you, I distribute it on Anchor, so it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, like all those random podcast things that are on Anchor that you never even heard of, but um, it's on all <laughs> yeah. of those, but yeah, uh, Silver Linings Pod, all one word, and yeah, it's all there. Well, everyone listening, go check out his podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, question for you. 
Um, yep. I have really bad anxiety. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, so anxiety is um, a really, like, tricky one, right? Because anxiety encompasses a lot of other mental illnesses as well, right? Because mm-hmm. you can get, de- you could be depressed because of your anxiety. And, ang- like, extreme anxiety is where you can't even leave your house, right? Because you're so anxious. But um, I think my biggest thing I say, I talk on for all of them. Um, because I, like I said, I wasn't able to go through school um, for psychology and follow through, so I don't have all the um, like literal and theoretical experience. I just have lived experience, and mine is mainly with depression. But the biggest thing I'll say for all mental illnesses is just talking about it or finding a release. So if you're able, like when you're in those really anxious moments where you're in an anxiety attack or um, you're getting really overwhelmed and that deep, like you know, like the weight on your chest feeling where yeah. it's really uncomfortable. In those moments, I would say find some sort of release, whether like I'm sure this podcast for you is a great release or talking to friends, writing it down in a journal, doing art, just finding something where you can sort of separate yourself from that weight for even just a few moments. Because when you're able to talk about it or write it down or something like that, and you're able to go back and look at it or listen to it, or as you're having conversations about it, you start to see that it's not so big and overwhelming. Um, Another thing that really helps with my um, mental illness when I'm really low is just starting to say things that I'm proud of myself for, Um, like things that I've done in the last couple of years or anything like that. And it's really amazing how fast you can switch your mindset from being in a dark, gloomy place to something like more bubbly and positive just by reminding yourself how pretty fucking awesome you are. You know what I mean? Um, So not the greatest answer in terms of helping with anxiety, but I feel like some mental illnesses are pretty... um, sliding scale in terms of between the three like how to work them you know what I mean yeah for sure um I find another thing that helps me is uh CBD oil I don't know if oh, um you've yeah, taken yeah. it before I CBD oil. yeah um yeah. I don't I also in my backpack actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't take it like every time but when I'm like really really anxious I'll just take it and I'll just completely chill me out and then like I'll go play video games or something and yeah that that's one thing that really exactly. helps me yeah, and and that's the like honestly like why I'm so proud to be like a Canadian right now is because of the fact that with the legalization of marijuana, obviously, like I, I I've smoked weed in my life and I still do, but the see the fact that they can now look into the medicinal side uh, of THC but also CBD, um, is just so amazing because ten years ago you might not be able to take CBD oil and you'd be given um, some sort of medication that like makes your whole life numb just to get like the relief right. So yeah, it's really cool that we're able to start like using utilizing cbd and realizing that like weed's not all that bad um but yeah i've definitely heard before that cbd helps with anxiety and um calming you down and being able to just sort of chill you out in a way right because i think that's what anxiety really is it's just your brain firing at a million miles per hour and just rattling through every single positive outcome mainly the negative ones right um yeah so that's really cool that you're able to do that with cbd yeah I heard I also heard that uh, micro doses of shrooms too helps, but I haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I first of all shrooms are always hard to come by, which is um, annoying, right? Because they're still like a class A drug in most places. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely I've seen the research, I've I've seen the podcasts and stuff like that, but talking about how microdosing can really help. And to be fair, like the few times I like I haven't done shrooms a lot, but every time I have, like my m- mental health has always felt really good for like coming days after it so I I definitely can understand that okay I have another question um I guess other than your social worker who like inspired you the most that's a that's a great question um so even though my traumas really came after her passing my mom's memory still is the biggest inspiration to me because she lit up every room she was in um I'm like everyone always knew when uh, her name was Pamela and so everyone knew when Pamela would walk in the room she was everyone's friend she listened and she lived such an incredible life traveling the world and going all these places so that's a huge inspiration in terms of like um, living my life to the fullest and just going out and meeting new people in terms of like my mental health um, a big one is a guy named David Goggins um, he has a book called Can't Hurt Me which I read and loved, but I also saw, I first saw him on a podcast with Joe Rogan, and 
just hearing about his story of being a obese man and abuse from his father and uh, like abuse relationship with that and being bullied in high school and um, being black born in the South, just hearing that and him then becoming joining, like being the best Marines the States have ever seen and being in the navies and then now being one of the best like long distance runners and just seeing him just say like cutting the BS and just going through and just following through, not asking for free, like to do shit or just, waiting for the right moment just going out and doing it was a huge inspiration to me um in terms of like just him cutting through like he's as a person with anxiety and i've had depression it always tries to hold you back right like it always tell like when you're thinking you're worth something that mental illness will always find a way to make you say no i'm not worth it like i'm not like i shouldn't do it today blah 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 so him just saying like cut that bs and just do it was really like just like a kick in the butt for me to go out and do things and um also honestly the reason why i met jose was for the youtubers called yes theory like they're uh, i have a tattoo on my arm that says seek discomfort which is their motto and they're a huge inspiration for why i traveled and also so i would say those are my inspirations oh i love it um yeah, yeah. what are i guess your three top uh things you wish to accomplish or maybe your top three dreams that you have in this lifetime Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think the first would, um, being like it's a pretty overall one, but I want to end the stigma in mental health. I don't want, um, like when you look at the stats of mental health, it's astounding that they are what they are, right? Like the fact that oh, yeah. one in three people will experience a mental illness, one in five. And then I was looking at stats for an upcoming podcast that I'm going to be recording like the next couple of days, like, 49% of people that have like who believe they suffer with a mental illness say they won't go to get help or they haven't gone to get help and that to me is just so astounding because they're afraid of the judgment they're afraid of being let go I was at worked in um I worked as a salesman um for my career right I was a car salesman I worked as a corporate salesman and I was scared to tell my bosses because it's a cognitive job, right? And if you're viewed to have a mental illness, they'll think you're weak, you can't do your job, they'll try to replace you. So first big goal of my life is end the stigma of mental health. Second goal is more um, sort of like personal and I want to accomplish something. I want to have a TED Talk and I want to speak for We Day. So I want to speak on a big stage and sharing my story. And what would my third goal be? Uh, I don't know, maybe like be on like a talk show of like an Ellen level. I think that'd be cool. Um, just as, like, or like the Graham Norton show, like one of those like cool bubbly talk shows, but one that I can still sh try to have impact from. But yeah, th I think those would be three cool go goals to accomplish for my life. Wow. Those are amazing goals. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. But it's, it's what gets me through the day, right? Like if I, yeah. If I didn't have these purposes, like I might still be stuck in that hell that I was in, right? So these are like what drives me to get up every day. Aww. I'm yeah. going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't, because then I'm like an emotional too. <laughs> and I'm such a crier too. Like I'll literally cry at every movie. A dog dies, I cry. A person dies, I cry. You yell at me, I cry. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I can I, I I definitely cry at movies and that's I love watching like sad movies too because like I'll admit like through my traumas like I've sort of become like hardened to emotions where I don't really like I haven't cried in a long time unless it's from like a movie or stuff like that so I watch a lot of savvy movies just to like for me to like release those emotions you know when there's yeah. like sad parts come out I cry and then the happy moments come out I cry again I'm like oh <laughs> it feels good to cry <laughs> okay what's the saddest movie you've ever watched Oh, can I swear on your podcast? Yeah. Okay. Oh fuck. What would be the saddest movie I watched? <laughs> um, I the saddest movie. You I've better watched. not say the Notebook, cause that's what everyone says. No, that's not sad. I don't. Th I don't think. It, I mean, it's 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 sappy, but I don't know if it's sad. I think like Fault in Our Stars is up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. For I I remember like crying like a, like. Because it, it, it hit home in terms of, like, personal, like, notes um, in some of the scenes with, like, my mom's um, issue with cancer. But Fall of the Stars is really sad. Well, I am th I'm thinking of one. Like, there's one where uh, – oh, um, 
Okay. So I think one of the saddest was in you know, like the, all the bright places because like the way that movie ended and all that because it's it's about mental health and it's about like suicide and it's all about that and everything's going so fucking well in that movie and you're like you because early in the movie there was like a down point and like in all those movies right it goes the down point and then the happy ending and I remember feel like I remember the happy ending happening and I was like oh that was a great movie and I looked at the like I hit my phone because I thought it was almost over and there was still like 40 minutes left and I just remember feeling like oh shit something's gonna happen yeah and then it ended so effing sad like I'm not gonna spoil it but like, I was just, like, I remember, like, crying and just staring at my phone being like, what the fuck did I just watch? But I yeah. felt so many things in that movie, and I definitely still re- recommend that movie, but, but yeah, that, that was definitely probably a sad one for me. Yeah, I definitely was not expecting that, and then when she was just, like, <laughs> yelling and looking at the water, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 oh, yeah. And everyone, everyone, you need to watch the movie so you can get what we're talking about right here, and... <laughs> Like, then come back to this podcast and realize how sad that fucking movie was. <laughs> but it was a good movie. It was a really good movie. It was just so shitting sad. And, like, it just, like, says, like, all movies don't always have happy endings. But, yeah, that, An- that was a sad one. <laughs> Another movie that really gets me, and I probably watch it a couple times a year, is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Have you ever seen that one? Um, I don't think I, I've watched it fully. Like, I've seen clips on, like, YouTube and stuff like that, but I've never watched it fully. Um, it just, like, it never seemed like a movie that would, and maybe what you're about to say will get me interested in it, but it just seemed like sort of like a, a maybe a dull or boring movie for me compared to, like, other stuff I watch. But, yeah, what do you think about it? Like, should I watch it? Yeah, for sure. It's about mental health, too. And uh, I don't want to spoil it, but... The movie's happening and then at the end of the movie it's like a big ass plot twist and you're just like oh, what the no. fuck yeah it's oh, okay. you it's have to it, watch it and i feel like tears are going to come out when i watch it <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's um it's again about mental health but it's more on yeah. the ptsd side so oh, okay. like like trigger warning if you have PTSD but it's really really well written and it's with um the guy from Percy Jackson and it's with yeah, em- and Emma Watson yeah Emma Watson I love her so much so yeah you yeah. have to watch the movie That's you have to cool. put it on your well, list I'll check it out and I'll, I'll message you after I do it <laughs> sounds good <laughs> <laughs> um so where else have you been I know you said you went to Thailand, uh, so on, Vietnam, and where else? Uh, yeah, so my first, honestly, my whole life, like, I grew up pretty poor, so I didn't think travel was really much of an option for me, but I remember, like, she's my adoptive mom, like, she was my best friend's mom as well, and she called me back in, like, 2015, and she was like, hey, do you want to come on a family vacation to Cuba? I was like, I can't afford that, and they offered, like, that she paid for me. Um, so my first trip was in 2015 to Cuba just for 10 days at a resort. Um, but we rented mopeds and we went into Havana and then another small city and seeing that culture just blew me away and gripped me. Um, but then again, I fall into the rat race of working nine to five. So when I got laid off, I, when I booked the one way, that was like my first real trip. So again, yeah, it's just been Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Bali, and now Australia, but I am hooked. And again, I'm great. Like I, 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 like you know the purpose for why I want to do what I even do is the mental health but I also understand there are some benefits to what I want to do and that's the ability to travel because I can book um, speaking opportunities in any country really that speaks English and and every country deals with mental health so I'm hooked by um, by traveling just because when you dive into a new culture especially ones where there's like a, a culture shock like Australia I'll admit when I landed in Melbourne, I was like, oh, I'm like basically back in Canada, <laughs> just as a bit cleaner than Toronto. Um, but it's the same sarcastic people, English speaking. But when I was in Thailand and when I was in Laos and Vietnam and Bali, like just seeing how that culture works and how genuine and kind the people are and how when they see that you're actually putting an effort into learning about their culture, they welcome you with like open arms inviting you to their family places for dinner like getting to meet their kids and their grandkids and oh travel is so amazing just to be able to get out of your comfort zone and just see different perspectives of the world because let's be real canada's a bubble 
um, and a great bubble. Like oh, I'm, and I'll admit, it, I'm grateful for being born in Canada. But you don't, understand, you can't understand the world if you just stay in Canada the whole time. Completely agree. Oh my god. Um, so what's been, or where has? Oh my god. How do I phrase this? It's gonna be a good kind of question. I can tell. no it's actually not um (laughs) like what's (laughs) what what's been like your favorite place you've been to slash like your favorite memory so far okay so yeah okay maybe it's not gonna be as that (laughs) it's a it's a place called well like i wish i could be like oh i was i had this like spiritual awakening no but my favorite place was a place called pai in thailand it's in the north so it's not like the beaches and the like resorts and all that so it was actually pretty cold i had to wear a sweater for the first time on my trip there but i just had the greatest group i had until the group i'm with now actually like we rented mopeds every, we were there for a week and we rented mopeds every day going to a new temple or going to a new waterfall or swing uh, swimming hole and we just bonded so much. Like, I met three Australians there, and that's why I'm actually in Australia is because of them and them telling me how great it was. Wow. Um, but, I'm like, we just honestly, like, we would drive around the mopeds by day, and then at night we would um, – there was a bar um, that, like, obviously illegally, but they sell shroom shakes. So every night we would just go there <laughs> and buy a shroom shake, and then we would trip out under the stars and walk into the night markets and stuff like that. So – Honestly, Pai in Thailand is by far the first place I recommend to anyone who's going to Southeast Asia just because, yeah, it might not be those resorts and sandy beaches like people who want to go on vacation, but that's where you get such great people and honestly, like having a shroom shake in the mountains, I think (laughs) you pretty much should do at least once. (laughs) Oh my god, I have to do that now. (laughs) You do. If you go to Thailand and go to Pai and honestly, it's just incredible. Um, I've actually been wanting to go to Asia. I really been wanting to go to Bali. Um, I don't know if you watch every. I'll admit. Go ahead. Okay, go on. What are you going to say? Why? Why did you want to go to Bali? Uh, I don't know if you've seen. I I, t- I talk about this every podcast in every podcast. I don't know if you've seen Eat Pray Love with Julia Roberts, but she goes to Bali. I... <laughs> and ever I, since I, I've 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 watched seen, I watched that movie, was watching it when I was younger. But here's the thing about Bali, I'll be honest, I've never been to a more touristy place um, than Bali. Like, um, I heard Indonesia's beautiful, but, like, Bali itself, like, and especially when you land, like, you land in, fudge, I can't remember where um, the airport is, but it goes there, and then there's a place called Kuda, and Kuda is literally just rampant from Australians. Like, it's just Australian surfer dudes who destroy the place and party the place, and then Chengdu <laughs> is just a bunch of backpacker partiers, but... And that also, the traffic is horrendous there. Like, you, if you, I got a car taxi from the airport to where my hostel was, it's supposed to be a five-minute drive. It took over an hour. Its traffic oh was that God. bad. Um, so I'll be honest. Like, Indonesia is beautiful. Like, go to, like, the Gili Tea Islands and all that. But Bali, like, I will have to say it was a bit underwhelming in terms of um, Southeast Asia. Not to burst your bubble. Um just because, like, especially when you land, it's just like, oh, wow, this is just traffic and backpackers and Australians. Oh, man. <laughs> it's still beautiful. Like, some of the best sunrises I've ever seen, sunsets, and there's beach clubs. And it's one of my favorite things was every country I went to had, like, their own, like, food thing. And Bali's food thing was by the nightclubs down by the beach, they would sell corn on the cob that was roasted and cinnamon on it and like and garlic oh my god it was to die for like at 2 a.m like when you're drunk and you're leaving the clubs just to see <laughs> like someone is handing out corn on the carbs with butter and garlic you're like oh my god marry me <laughs> so i will admit bali is pretty awesome still and i i have some great memories and lifelong friends from bali it was just like you don't really like you have to try like travel deep into the uh, into Bali, like the island of Bali, to get the true culture of Bali. And I'm sure that's where, like, if you like, I would say look up where Eat Pray Love was and go there instead of just like going to like the main hub of Bali. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I just want to travel. <laughs> I just want to travel everywhere, you know. Yeah, do, where have you traveled now? Um. So I've been to. Cuba. Um, I went on a high school trip to Europe. So I went cool, to cool. Like one of those history trips? 
Um, no, it was just like a March break thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we went to London, England, France, or Paris, France, um, Brussels, Amsterdam, and that's it for that. And All in what, two weeks? No, nine days. <laughs> How the hell did you do all those places in nine days? Yeah, it was it was very packed. It must be in rush, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The place we stayed the longest was um, London. We stayed there for four days, I think. But that was like okay. by far the best place ever. You have to go there. Everyone there is so nice. Literally, when I went to Paris, because I'm French, okay, so I would go in a yeah. store. I went, I went in a subway. And I ordered my sub in French, and then they were looking at me funny, and I was like, what, like, est-ce que je peux avoir un numéro deux? And then they were just like, just talk English, we understand you better that way. And I was like, excuse uh, me? They hate Quebec, they hate Quebec French, <laughs> French Canadian. Oh my god. Yeah, and I was like, okay, y'all are bitches, I don't like it here. <laughs> So yeah, I'll just say, like, as a traveler, like, I've met so many French people, and like, <laughs> they, like, out of all, like, I don't, I don't want to be like racist or discriminatory them, but they're so like, it's stuck up, and they stick in the packs and stuff, and like, I've definitely <laughs> met some amazing French people, but like, people from France usually are pretty stuck up in terms of how they are, but yeah, uh, but, yeah I've heard, I've definitely heard that they do not receive well to French Canadians at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been nice to know that before I order my food in yeah. French, but you know what? It is what it is. But it is what it is. That's funny. <laughs> um, in London, they were just so nice. We were literally in a subway, and then they would just be like, "Oh, where are you guys from? Da 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 da. Like, what are you guys doing?" And they were just so. But how kind. did they know you guys were travelers? Like, what were you guys wearing? Like, uh, like, ep- like the things around your neck or something? Like, because. London is such a, like, A, you speak English, and then B, like, it's so multicultural as well. So that's, like, what's made you guys stick out? Definitely our fanny packs and our backpacks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So travel days they got you. That's funny. Yeah, you know, like, the typical travel wear of, like, khaki shorts, sandals, fanny pack, (laughs) like, the half hats. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, what What your mom makes you pack? They're like, all right, make sure you have your fanny pack. And in that fanny yeah. pack, you need to have your ID, your money. Make sure it's safety and money belt and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they definitely knew. But it was fine. But yeah, if um, yeah. you go to Europe, definitely go to England. They're just so amazing. Yeah, that, I, have, I have a lot of family in England that I haven't met. So I definitely, that's a goal for me, is England next. And we'll see what happens. But it's just so expensive. That's why, like, I love going to Southeast Asia and I want to go back just because the Canadian dollar went so far there. Like, yeah. oh, you, like, yeah, it, it was the greatest feeling when I first landed in Laos. So Thailand, like, the money, like, it's it's great, but it's like 40 Canadian dollars is a thousand baht. So, like, it's you never really go up that much. But in um, Laos, that's in, like, Laos, Vietnam, Bali, I pulled out 100 Canadian dollars in Laos and I was, like... I had two million dollars in Laos and Kip, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm a millionaire!" It's a great <laughs> feeling. But going to England, it's like, "Oh, my one Canadian dollar is like worth forty cents to you." Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing that sucked. I think our trip was like three thousand dollars, which included our breakfast, our suppers, and like our accommodations. And then we had to obviously buy like our souvenirs and our lunches. But I think I brought like an extra two grand <laughs> for spending money you because blew that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so thing with that, nine days cost you five thousand dollars and I got through four months in Southeast Asia with just over three thousand dollars. So Oh my god. I yeah, need to go like, there. it's just show you oh you do you do or south america i mean south america can like canadian dollars go far too but yeah i, I love southeast asian just the culture there so i'm, I'm pretty biased towards it <laughs> um and the last place i went was uh in new york in the states for uh okay. um what's it called Times square for the ball drop 
for New Year's Eve. Oh, shit. You, yeah. Like, was that last New Year's? or? Yeah, like, last New Year's. Right before COVID right started. Right before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that must have been mental, eh? Yeah, it was honestly so crazy. Um, We were... We got in Times Square, I think it was like 5 p.m., I think. And you're probably at the back still. Yeah, we were, I think, uh, seven or eight blocks off to the side. So, like, if you're looking at the ball drop, like, and it's in front of you, we were like on um, the left side, eight blocks down. So, we can still see the ball drop, but we couldn't hear any of the music. (laughs) <laughs> or like anyone talking or the screaming yeah, or whatever. People need to bring diapers and stuff. Like if you want to get a good seat, like you need to basically bring a diaper and you're shitting yourself if you want to like actually see the ball drop. Yeah, it was like the bathroom situation wasn't that bad because like we weren't drinking or anything like on purpose, but just the yeah, standing yeah. still for seven hours, like when you're walking or doing exercise, like it's not bad, right? At least you're moving. But when you're standing in the same place and everyone is like up against you and it's like raining and it was just literally we were walking back to like our subway to get back to our airbnb i couldn't even walk because my knees were so like sore and my hips just from standing up for whatever it was eight hours (laughs) yeah i couldn't yeah standing still like your body it just cramps up like it just it's just like sitting in a car for a long road trip right when you get out you're like oh my god it's just the same thing but you're standing yeah wow yeah I, i don't i don't plan on ever doing like new year's in Times square like it just <laughs> like cool it would be cool because i've watched like new year's eve and all those like rom-coms and stuff but yeah. like i've heard like the reality of like that's like the glossed over version right and then like the reality is what what you did you you got there at five which you would think is a good time but then you're six blocks away you can't hear anything and you still stand there for eight hours just no thank you <laughs> yeah well i mean once in a lifetime thing at least i can say i did it <laughs> sure. i don't plan on yeah, going back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you plan on going to new york again or just no not even that um yeah we were only there for like three days or like four days so we didn't like really do a lot like we like still seen stuff, yeah. yeah like we seen like the statue of liberty we went on the um uh top of the rock um chinatown and stuff like that but there was like a lot more stuff i wish we could have done but we were like on a time crunch obviously and um yeah. like the new year's eve day was like you wake up you Basically. eat and then you go there right so that's just <laughs> yeah, one day yeah. um but yeah i would definitely go to new york again maybe like rent a place <laughs> for a month and just stay there for a whole month well have fun saving up 10 grand to rent that place <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know i gotta make like some rich friends <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, or meet someone in New York already, like a family that's had a house for like what a hundred years already. So they they're not really millionaires, but they just had a house for so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I have I have a Australia question. Um, okay. How many spiders are there, and how big are they? All right, cool. So that that's actually a great question because <laughs> that is a myth, right? Like when I th- landed in Australia, I thought I would be seeing snakes and toilets i thought i would be seeing like giant ass bird eating spiders everywhere um and i so like just for context i haven't been staying in like melbourne or sydney or those big cities i've actually been out in the bush where those things are in my just under a year of australia i've seen five snakes and i've seen two big spiders and so the big they are big like the huntsman's like they're actually like I have a big hand and they're the size of my hand so about eight inches in diameter like they're actually mental but it's actually good to see them because they just hunt all the other the smaller poisonous spiders in your house like so that's what people say but it's and snakes I've only seen two poisonous snakes like it's usually just a python which is still like I remember the first experience I had with a snake was I was planting and I was by myself on a hill and I was just coming around the hill planting trees like you're in the zone right like trying to push it because you get paid like 10 cents a tree and then I was about to put my spade in the ground and I just see a coiled up python like coiled at me and I was like holy shit just drop my spade and I 
booked it. Like I, I am not a fast runner, but I ran fast. And I just got my manager, and like he tried to plant a tree for me, and he just like he used one of our jerry cans of water to block, like shield himself from the snake, and then he planted in front of him. But I was petrified. But yeah, it's a it's a huge myth. Uh, um, you like you see kangaroos, kangaroos I see a lot. Like when I was down south, I saw about a hundred kangaroos a morning and at night. Um, but snakes and spiders, that's a myth of Australia. I am just terrified of spiders. So ever since that I got like my travel bug, I was like, I'll go anywhere but Austra- Australia because I do not want to see those big ass spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, come to Australia, you will be fine. Okay. I, I've, I've seen two. I've been here a year and I'm in the bush where they should be and I've seen two. So... I'll let, I'm getting into the summer now, so this is where they come out of the woodworks. I'll let you know if that changes. Um, but yeah, what Australians are actually scared of is their birds, because like their magpies. Like I'm sure you probably saw the video of that kid scootering down the road and like the the birds swooping down and he's just crying at his dad. Oh my that's god! That's what yes. the Australians are scared of. That's that yeah. That's their fear is magpies, not snakes and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's it's bizarre, but I, they, like it's funny because every Australian laughs about it too. Because I always talk about them, like where are the spiders? Where are the snakes? And they're like, yeah, you don't you don't see them. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, obviously there are some parts like Northern Territory and like Western Australia where it's like outback, like that's where you'll find more of them. But in terms of like where people live, like it's very it's not as uncommon. It's not as common as people and like movies and stuff portray it to be. Yeah. Which I'm thankful for because I like you. Like I freak out when I see them. Like you, I scream like a girl. I like if, even if a moth tries to come at me because there's giant <laughs> moths here. Like I, I I actually fucking hate moths. Like butterflies are cool because they try to avoid you. And I've never once had a butterfly like hit into me. Moths are like blind ass things who just like fly into you and then <laughs> flutter with their furry wings in you and it's just gross. So yeah. Oh my god! Like <laughs> I can't even look at a picture of a spider. So, I'm just like one. Okay, I I I've decided I'm gonna come to Australia, but I'm gonna come with someone who's not afraid of spiders, just in case, yep. so that like if we see a big ass spider, then they can like go take care of it, <laughs> or they can catch me yeah, when I faint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll catch you when you faint. But I think you'll love Australia. Honestly, like it's it's very similar to Canada in like the, all the best ways. Like the people are sarcastic as hell and kind and genuine, and then. Um, great coffee culture. I've definitely been a fan of how like their coffees. Like they don't do drip coffee. It's all like fancy like lattes and cappuccinos and stuff. Um, the only difference is like it's just pretty expensive. Especially alcohol is ridiculously expensive. Um, you can't find any drugs. Um, and if you do find drugs, they're ridiculously expensive. Like in terms of weed, because it's legal in Canada where your podcast is, I can talk about that. An ounce of weed in Canada costs like ninety dollars. They cost like four hundred dollars here in Australia. So what? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it, it's it's pretty bonkers. It's pretty bonkers. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. I have one last final question for you because we are hitting the fifty the fifty minute mark. Um, oh wow, I'm way past your like your, your <laughs> average. You said cool. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what are three things that you want? people to know about you or that you wish people gain from maybe your podcast or from my podcast right now mm-hmm. uh so i guess the first thing I'll, I'll do like one of each um so i think the first one what i want people to know about me is that i'm a, like a living proof that you can go through the absolute darkest deepest hell and you can make it out the other side with a positive mindset um and one thing i'm usually like people always say like like who don't really know me or who do know me they're always saying i'm always smiling i'm trying to make jokes like make people happier and i sort of live by the motto robin williams said where um the people who are either the saddest inside or being through the biggest traumas they're the ones who try to bring the most joy and that's something i try to live by uh two what um what's something i hope people learn from my podcast and it's it's just that there's lessons in everyone so hear their stories um like i disagree with a lot of people on political standpoints but i want to hear them out on their i want to hear their stories i want to hear how they got to that 
because there's lessons in it, right? And you can't just judge people on their opinions or judge people on their political views. You have to understand their life and understand where they came from to get how they got there, right? So just always listen and just hear people out and active listen to. Like people when they have conversations, they always are thinking about what their response will be. Just pause and just hear them out and then think to respond. And then for your podcast, I think it's just, it's really cool, right? Like you just have normal conversations. There's no real, like, um, like I think that's what the purpose is, right? It's just having conversations with people and hearing them out and seeing where a conversation can take you. Um, so just really have simple something like a conversation can create impact, right? Like me and you were texting and we weren't talking about what I wanted to get out of this podcast or what I wanted you to ask me. It just became organically and things came out of it. So just how simple a conversation can lead into great conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I don't want to pick favorites, but I'm going to say that you've definitely been like my top three, like favorite people to interview and like talk with. So yeah, um, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I said in the intro too how we have like a drastic time change. It's um, almost, yeah, it's almost uh, midnight for me, but it is like (laughs) 6 p.m your time but the next day yeah, it's 4 45 p.m yeah it's 4 45 p.m one day ahead so um and i don't know if you said the intro but we tried this we had like what eight days we were going to do <laughs> yeah. this so i'm really i'm really glad that we finally got it done and honestly like i'm humbled that you said i was one of your top three and i'm honored um and hey i would love to come back on or one day have you on mine because like you said you deal with anxiety so um i would like once I get a working laptop and I can use my audacity again, I would love to have you on um, and share your story on my platform, but we definitely will communicate again. And I just want to thank you so much for having me on and yeah, honestly, just thank you. I just wanted to thank my guest Sterling again for being a part of my podcast with me. Um, We finally did it three weeks later. Um, If you guys want to follow him on Instagram, his Instagram is Sterling Ben. So S T I R L I N G B E N N. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you'll listen to my next one. Bye.